Namaste. So, continuing with the series on um, Shubhendu's life through his poems. It um, life is the same, but here we dip deeper into his life. Uh, we have reached that point where the mother comes, and Shubhendu sees in her, she is the mother of God. It is something wonderful when we read that poem, Mother of God, because people often ask, "Who is the mother of God?" <laughs> the womb of all things so that's the infinite consciousness infinite force out of which the being of god sachidanand himself emerges and is there in our um, puranas devi puran but uh, even in the rigvedas that's what its meaning is but um, here it refers to the embodiment of the divine mother in, as uh, you know mother mira if you want want to call it so when she comes she comes to bring the new creation so as soon as she comes three things start she starts so between 1910 to 1914 if you read the accounts of the disciples they say that we were having a lasses de fair shobindo was absorbed in his supramental yoga these people understood nothing they knew that we should something that you know he is beyond anything we can imagine otherwise who would after having seen vasudevam sarvamiti want to do something more and yet is because he is concerned about us that he uh, you know comes all the way to pondicherry to start a yoga which will be available for whole humanity for its redemption here upon earth not in some post mortem salvation in some heaven he want, doesn't want to he doesn't believe in cutting tickets that okay you are baptized now in your uh, you know after death you will get some heaven he doesn't believe in that he says here here and now and there is a process to it so while he was doing it we see that 1910 to 1914 the disciples didn't know what's happening but they get an inkling when the mother is coming so that's what we spoke about last time and as the mother comes things begin to change only the recounts that one of the first things that happened when the mother came we used to have a very bohemian lifestyle typical bachelor boys keeping things wherever they want why because yoga is about meditation how, how does it matter how you keep your clothes women are crazy that they want us to keep the clothes well neatly nicely keep it clean that's not what yoga means living in an ideative world what's going to happen men have this tendency that they will decide about the iran and america's nuclear policy but they don't know you know ground realities so she came and they started feeling that they must change their lifestyle and the initial urge was why should we there was resistance and nolida says that this was a usual human resistance why should we change our lifestyle but slowly they she didn't say anything but slowly by her mere presence they began to change because uh, embodiment of all the parts then second thing that was initiated was a small little group which was called as the new idea which was along the same lines as in paris and the new idea was the idea why they called it the new idea see normally you will hear that you know a new path and all but it's a rehash of the same path like new way of pranayam essentially it's a bit of modification but it was really a new idea an idea that had never touched the earth and that is the idea of transformation human beings can be transmuted and transformed into the supramental superhumanity of tomorrow is an idea strangely has been missing why it is missing god knows because it is inevitable in the logic of creation 
How can it stop from dust to man? It will stop here. If you take the secular approach that there is no God, still in the logic it should go further. If you take the other approach that God is in every element of creation and he directs the play, then still it should not stop with an imperfect creation like man. So the new idea which is the idea of transformation, the idea that man is a transitional being, he is the creation of yesterday and he is meant to be a bridge for the creation of tomorrow. A radically new idea and consistent with it, a new yoga. So there was this new idea which was started. Then because this idea is not just to remain there but be fixed upon earth, so she started a um, store, business store called Sorin, Sorin was Shurabindu's brother-in-law. So he started Honesty Store, which now you see has spread all over. So Honesty Store, like a business store. So to make it self-sustainable. Otherwise, they were living every day, day-to-day, hand-to-mouth. <laughs> and the third thing that she started was um, the Arya. So Arya was started uh, on 21st June, which very strangely ended up becoming the International Yoga Day. So like many things which are kind of meaningful coincidences, so Arya was started on 21st June, it was conceived and it was declared. The first issue came out on 15th August 1914. And um, Sri started revealing this new idea and what a zone from which it was coming. People would wait because it was so new. Kapali Shastri notes, some of them who read it, for instance, the secret of the Vedas, they said, we had, we had never imagined that Vedas could be seen this way. And they were all great beings. I mean, Kapali Shastri was already a yogi, Vedantic and Tantra Yoga. An expert in, um, you know, Sanskrit, the Rig Veda, he has written Siddhanjana. So that kind of, those kind of beings, when they read the secret of the Vedas, they were, this is something so new, so wonderful. Similarly, at the same time, Across the globe on the other side, for a change, New York Times says, here is somebody who seems to be moving among galaxies. You know, when Shubindu writes in the Live Divine that what we are experiencing today is an evolutionary crisis. Concealed within it lies the destiny of man, depending on the choice he will make. The crisis had started, the First World War. So what we are witnessing is an evolutionary crisis, and it carries with it a choice that man is supposed to make. So he can fall back to the old, in which case he is on the wrong side of history. And we know what history, what time does when we fall on the wrong side of history. On the other hand, this is the evolutionary impetus. And if he is drawn into that, then it's a different passage. Then the synthesis of yoga, where we speak about the different yogas coming together and of course in a being as great as Sri Ramakrishna who synthesized Vedanta and Tantra actually and many other different religious yogas. So what was left after that in synthesis of yoga to synthesize spirit and matter. So in the beginning itself he makes it clear because Sri Ramakrishna's yoga went that far. But how to reconcile matter and the spirit that in the end remains missing. And here is Shobindo who reconciles. So in the synthesis he says it very clear. We have to reconnect God and world, creator and creation, spirit and matter. So man is the bridge between creation of today and the divine who will manifest the creation of tomorrow. So our role in it as a bridge. So the entire purpose of yoga changes. No more an escape into individual salvation, nirvana, mukti. 
Mukti, yes, but Mukti is freedom from desire and the ego self, from falsehood, from unconsciousness, from ignorance. But not Mukti, that a Mukti which is dependent on leaving the body is really speaking not freedom. All said and done. A freedom which is dependent on conditions is logically not freedom. Freedom is freedom. And uh, you know, if you would be free, you would be free even in, in, in chains. You would be free. That is the freedom to be discovered. And these chains, I am not speaking of just physical chains, but even internal chains. You should still be able to discover your freedom inside. And then the change. So, synthesis of yoga, the ideal of human unity, where he speaks of the world trending towards unity. It's so fascinating that at that point of time, the world had plunged into division. All the divisions that were there, they shown up in First World War and then in the Second World War. But very interestingly, Shobindu at that point of time is foreseeing that this is the way God acts. This division in 1999 led to the formation of the League of Nations. They realized that we can't live like this. And after 1947, when the Second World War ended, it led to the formation of United Nations Organization. It's a different thing that they have not served the purpose they were supposed to, but they provided a framework for human thought. That well, we have to act as a united group. So after that, you see nations coming together. This tendency started. Otherwise, before that, nations, imperialism, hegemony of few nations over others. Suddenly, this trend changed. And nations would come together respecting each other. And some would be on this side, that side or different sides, whatever mutual interest. So he was building up a whole climate of human unity. Where it's amazing that he foresaw aggression of China all the way through Tibet. And when this, uh, during the 1962 war, uh, when one of the persons, uh, Nehru was, uh, whatever he must have felt, I don't know. But he is the ambassador to India, to US, went to seek help. And then President Kennedy, who was actually, mother said he is open to the force. He had defects of nature, but that doesn't matter. And his killing was regarded by the mother as an occult death. So during that time when they go, so he said, why you people were not careful? He called the their CIA boss and he said, here, here, China has come, all these places. So he says, why you people did not heed to your own uh, fellow's advice? So he said, whose advice? He said, see, somebody has foreseen just two years back that there will be a likelihood of China coming through Tibet. And he pulled out the human cycle. First hand account I am telling you from the person who had been. So second hand account. So he said, see this book. So now it was time for the ambassador to be surprised. He said, sir, but he left his body in 1950. Now can be surprised that this was written in 1914 to 1920. Way before it happened. So you will see that all kinds of even a prophetic vein, like for instance, he says, what will come after all this religion will go away. The age of religions will over, but a new religion will come, which will be the religion of humanity, but not humanitarianism. But the recognition that God is within man, this will come. So all those things that God is in this sect, that cult will go away. You have to discover the universal Godhead, the you know, indwelling universe. All this line he has mapped out internationalism, world state, everything is there. So we see then foundations of Indian culture because India has to play a central role in this process. 
and there he writes uh, you know all about what india is its soul which was lost during the uh, you know few hundred years of invasions uh, 7 800 years of invasion but still it was alive so he revives the indian spirit what really it was and then he says you have to give it a new form but the spirit should not be lost so we see many of these the upanishads essays on the gita about which the mother said that because of shirbindo's uh, you know new way that he has put across the gita its influence will become even more active because if you see suddenly in the gita shirbindo several time would mention supramental integral which is hinted in the gita but not explicitly said uh, neither humanity was ready nor it was arjuna's demand so we see in the essays on the gita very completely faithful to the text but the revelation that comes through is very different it's about the divine marching through humanity towards his own fulfillment in the gita it looks like it is just about the kaurava pandava war but when you read shirbindo's essays on the gita it looks like a battle of the ages which is marching towards a grand fulfillment and the whole path to that is i mean hinted at not laid down so all this from 1914 to 1920 21 why was he doing all this when he knew that even after 100 years people won't read that's the tragedy of it all this is available i have seen people sabcl volumes all right we have other and i'll just narrate one incidence after which we'll read a poem that when i was posted to chorhat somebody wanted to consult regarding her children and uh, she came to my office and suddenly started crying so i thought it's because of the stress you know that so normally you wait 5 minutes 10 minutes and i started asking but no uh, response for 2 hours she kept crying i don't know what to do so in my room i had madhan shubindu's picture and the set of shubindu's works in the office which i was not supposed to keep because in a force secular institution you are not supposed to hang this or that so i was very clear look here nothing no institution is greater than my love for mother shirbindo so people had reconciled to this and so she said that you know 20 years back i had been to pondicherry and i had received the entire collected works given by my brother in hindi they are just lying in my house and i never opened a page and suddenly i don't know why i remembered all this by seeing uh, them and their um, books in your house so the whole problem was changed it seemed that the problem was a small excuse to <laughs> let her come eventually in her house a center was opened still it is open and this is how you know they they are not just books meant for uh, you know people talk about difficult books so i often say uh, if somebody whom you love very deeply or let's say who loves you writes to you a letter let's see in greek language but somebody who you know loves you very deeply what will you do you will say doesn't matter greek language i don't care or would you like to understand every bit of what is written if you have love in your heart you will like to do that <laughs> you would learn greek <laughs> and this is english frankly speaking it is not difficult it is i believe one of the ploys of the forces that they start making you feel oh it is very difficult why because this thick volume and it is difficult because we have this stock idea that you know in a book of yoga he will say get up in the morning touch the feet of your parents do some surya namaskar five times after that you know <laughs> before eating you must do this 
do sandhya because we have idea about spiritual life which is actually uh, just conventions taken up and suddenly when shrivindu starts the life divine with the human aspiration persisting through the ages returning after every skepticism denial and what is that aspiration for freedom god immortality lord this is too much we can't swallow it <laughs> it reminds me about hindu prakash when shubindu started writing at the behest of ranade uh, i think or kg deshpande so he started writing and when he started writing he started asking for poon swaraj so they said no, no, no don't don't write this kind of stuff we are moderates you plead to the britishers say nicely that you see you are very great babu saab give us little bit of freedom what are you writing poona swaraj so shubindu realized they are not ready <laughs> and that's how we see that you know the movement and later on you know when he he was given an opportunity he brings out that fire so this work during the arya we see that he has written it is his expression of love for man that he has given there are books of love people want to know what is shubindu's love this is his love and he was writing sitting whole night with the kerosene lamp for whose sake we have now such light and still we don't read and he was writing with kerosene lamp literally gave away his eyes doesn't matter whether we understand or not one passage we can read and such wonderful sutras all problems of existence are ultimately problems of harmony and then he explains that it starts with an initial discord he himself explains that when two people come together you see typical any relationship put two human beings together married or unmarried and you see what will happen is within few days they they use that expression of bartan khadakte hain the utensils will start you know doing this but this is the beginning it's like when you are doing the sitar tuning this is not the end we take it as the finish wait two hours alap will go then the raga will come so this is the expression his gift of love and we must receive it with all gratitude and humility and we pray to him maybe we can't understand but you give us the wisdom and the light to understand and it comes at least that is how i read i didn't have any background but always you have written you have taken me to the book and you have made me open the book god interest awakened in it now it's your job to make me understand so when we do it like this i mean it worked for me i'm sure but this is one of the ways or keep the mind quiet keep the preconceived notions away that's why people who have got rid of many of these preconceived ideas they find it much easier to relate with mother and shubindu those who come with stock standard ideas jo hua acha hua jo ho raha hai acha ho raha hai will find very difficult because things could have been better <laughs> whatever happened was the best but certainly not the bestest best which you imagine in god's world so we have seer deep hearted one of the poems that i'm going to read who else it's a kind of autobiographical poem shobindu is a seer who is a seer seer is not uh, 100 times rishi seer is the seer who sees the truth he does not conceive the truth he does not intellectualize the truth he is not a scholar academician he sees the truth 
He sees God. He sees the whole plan. Shobindo would see the lippy written in etheric page. What's going to happen? The gods, they would manifest before him. So this word seer should not be used loosely. It carries its own garima. It is a direct intuitive revelation of truth. This seeing need not be always as a vision, but an inner seeing. Seer, deep-hearted. Seer, deep-hearted. Divine king of the secrecies. Without a doubt, because he has revealed things which none has revealed so far. Divine king of the secrecies. Occult fountain of love sprung from the heart of God. He has come from the future, hundreds of years before. Why to tell us, hold on. Don't be afraid. Don't have despair. You know, there is a nice dish being prepared. Keep your hunger alive. Nurse your thirst for the infinite. Seek perfection. It is going to come. So he has come from the future. Maybe thousand years behind. To tell us, look here, children of earth. You are children of immortality. Children of bliss. Don't be so much bogged down with present troubles. and So it's out of heart of love. Who would make that sacrifice? Shubhidan, the mother could have easily you know, become a, either a, in the world as an uncontested recognized leader. Shubhidan had become. Or as the yogi of yogis. They, all that he, was, he needed after Alipur jail was to go and give nice uh, talks and sit on 10 feet high with lot of, you know, malas and say things which everybody wants to hear. Even one hundredth of it, Shiobindo's knowledge of Sanskrit, just imagine, people impressed reading a few books, he could write a poem in Sanskrit. <laughs> so, what impressive it, things it would have been. But he renounced all that. People renounce the world for God. He renounces the Godhead to come down to us, to tell us a few things about the future. So his occult fountain of love sprung from the heart of God. Ways thou knewest, no feet ever in time had trod. You see, before Shurbindo comes, you have, I also went through that phase, seeking for yoga, bhakti yoga, jnan yoga, karma yoga, then hat yoga, raj yoga. Even some people use the word buddhi yoga. Many yogas, no? Ask what yoga is yours. Shivinda will say yoga of the infinite. Yoga of the divine mother. In one place he uses the word supramental yoga. Integral yoga. Everything is together. Every path is leading you towards that. The original Sanatan Dharma. That through everything we are moving towards God and moving not just for annihilation but for divine perfection. So ways thou knewest no feet ever in time had trod. All paths they had tried. Both of them. And they didn't make much bone about it. Once in a casual conversation, when the disciple tells mother that, you know, I have been asked by this tantric siddha to do this figure, do this uh, di- diagram and, you know, pranayam. She says, what has he told you to do? He says, all this figure. She says, oh, this is figure of Mahalakshmi. Without any this thing. And she explains why. Uh, with the numbers. And then she says, what has he taught you about um, breathing? So they speak about, he speaks about this way, that way. Yeah, Yeah, they say that, that if you stop the breath like this in the kumbhak, then you may die. You know, we, both of us did this so many times, we never died, you know, (laughs) very casually. 
Then they asked, how did you do? Then she reveals what was her count. She doesn't even mention it anywhere else. But they tried Shurabindu Pranayam. Six to eight hours a day for nine months. It was not just teaching a technique of pranayam. All this they had done. Every possible sadhana. If we read the Yoga Chatushta, we were reading that. Every possible siddhi. Realization is there within it. Vasudevam Sarvamiti Samahatmacha Durlabha. All that he had realized. Nirvana. Every possible experience. And now why has he come to us? All these paths different. Somebody asked him about, you know, nowadays some discussion is going on about Surat Sabad Yoga. You know, hearing and seeing. So he asked, you know, there is a new kind of yoga where you hear some sounds progressively. Through the sounds you reach the divine and you have some lights, etc. So what do you have to say about it? It is as ancient as the hills. And then he says, in the beginning of my sadhana, I used to have many of these experiences. Long, long back. It happens because the inner being opens. And this is, yes, through this path you can escape. One of those many doors of escape. That's it. End of it. You have religions and cults formed on this basis. And Shubhinda goes way, way, way ahead. So feet, ways thou knewest, no feet ever in time had trod. Words leaped. What are these words? Words leaped flashing. The flame billows of wisdom's seas. They were the mouth and the pen and the hand were only channels, the brain. But they were leaping from the seas of wisdom. What is wisdom? She is in Hindi. The word is Shira Sagara. Shira is the ocean of milk. Ocean of milk is the superconscient light on which the <laughs> Vishnu is sleeping in Yoganidra. On the infinite time. That's what it means. That unfolding of time. Heart of which there is divine in this mode. And this is the ocean of knowledge. And by his side is the power of harmony and love. Because you know, creation has to be harmonized at once. Like Shiva and Parvati. Shiva will destroy, Parvati will create. Tandav and last. So here we see the harmonizing power, Lakshmi and love. To constantly keep uniting as the creation is emerging. Otherwise there will be chaos. They are together. So wisdoms cease. They are emerging. Vast. Here they have missed out the word in. In the new edition. But in the old edition the word in is there. I am going to use that. Because it looks more complete to me. Vast in thy soul was a tide. Washing the coast of heaven. So what is this tide? The surgings of life. It was, you know, you will hear in Puranas, Rishis are meditating and Indra is suddenly feeling the asana is dagmag, dagmag. Check who is. Here it's not just the aspiration, flame that has gone beyond. This life itself is reaching. Tide. Force of life is reaching. And from the heavens it's bringing some nice pebbles and pearls. Vast in thy soul was a tide washing the coasts of heaven. Thoughts broke, burning and bare, crossing the human night. Human night and suddenly you read one sentence and it can change. At least for me, one phrase of Shurbindo, half a phrase. All life is yoga was enough to smash all the past ideas, thoughts. After all the reading, I said, this phrase, why didn't I find anywhere? All life is yoga. Crossing the human night. They do that work. Suddenly in a flash, they reveal 
Thoughts broke burning and bare, crossing the human night. White star scripts of the gods, born from the book of light. So we say, na, star, language of the star. So he's using that as a symbol. Stars kya keh rahe? Sitare kya kehte? What are the stars saying? So here that is used as a symbol. So what is what are these words? White star scripts of the gods. So why it is called a sitare? How, how are they guides? See, all these... Um, it's very interesting, stars, physically if you see. What you are seeing today is something that has existed 10,000 years back. It's not the same star you are seeing because the light is reaching today. So always they are far ahead of where the earth is going. That's how it becomes symbolically meaningful. Stars ki gati. Stars are always ahead, way ahead. Symbolically in their relation. So to white star scripts of the gods... Born from the book of light in original, I mean in the other version it is presses of light which again I find wonderful. So these, what are these stars? Born from the light. Star scripts. So these words are white star scripts of the gods born from the light page by page to the dim children of earth were given. For us, he brought them, wrote it, gave it to us. Our job, keep them in the Almira. Two agarbati. That's how human life is. They know. But at least one book, if one can read, just Savitri. That itself is good enough. And there are other poems also which reveal this. Passingly, I'll touch. One is Musa Spiritus. Muse, the inspire, the god of inspiration. Musa Spiritus, the inspiration that flows from the Spirit. O word concealed in the upper fire, thou who hast lingered through centuries, it's wanting to express, but no human brain is ready to receive it. Descend from thy rapt white desire, plunging through gold eternities into the gulfs of our nature, leap, voice of the spaces, call of the light, break the seals of matter sleep. One of the big problems Shabindo notes to Barinda is with India what happened is we have become lazy, we have stopped thinking. And then he says our ancestors, they crossed through seas of thought toward that space where thought is not or from where thought is born. They cross the seas of thought. We are afraid of thinking. Because it's, you have to then, at some point you become original. Original in the sense you start touching the origin. But standard stock thought, everybody is very happy. The new thought. So he says, break the seals of matter's sleep. Break the trance of the unseen height. Both sides. On one side you have to break that trance of the unseen height that it is concealed in the upper sphere. On the other side, matter's sleep. Laziness. Receive it. And then, very in this uh, beautiful poem, towards the very powerful. Out, out with the mind and its candle flares. It's not scholarly wisdom. This book says this, this book says that. Mix and match and make a mishmash and write a book which will earn you a, maybe a Sahit Academy Award. It's not that. Out, out with the candle flares. Light, light the suns that never die. 
For my ear, the cry of the seraph stars and the forms of the gods for my naked eye. Let the troubled life God within cast his veils from the still soul. When does one receive this higher word? When the troubled soul of desire. Otherwise, all that comes, the desired self eats away. Our life is busy with, I was, you know, it's the saddest part of human history. Is not the occupations, but the occupation of man with food. What will you make today afternoon? Then what will you make at night? I have to go and pick up food. This occupation with food is worse than the Greek invasion and occupation and Islamic occupation and the <laughs> British occupation. And because of that, you know, so confined, people ended up only thinking about food. This is not whatever Purvaj were. They were not afraid of thinking. So he says, out with all that. So when the desired self is quietened, cast aside, then the soul has a chance. His tiger stripes of virtue and sin, the desired self. His clamor and glamour and thole and dole. All make tranquil, all make free. Let my heart beats measure the footsteps of God. How powerful this is. Oh, this is wonderful, I must read this. Weave from my life his poem of days. Weave from my life his poem of days, his calm, pure dawns and his noons of force. My acts for the grooves of his chariot race. My thoughts for the tramp of his great steed's course. We have become even afraid of greatness. True greatness. We want something fabricated, something which, you know, comes as a, you know, I receive as a Think for true greatness. What is that? To become an instrument of the divine upon earth. And then there is this other one because people often say that well, once you realize you have nothing to speak, nothing to write, somebody even at the Odyssey to ask Shurabindo that Sri Ramakrishna has said that you know when you realize you have nothing more to speak. He said yes, but after realization he too went on to speak. And if you see Sri Swami Vivekananda <laughs> So, there is a truth in it that one doesn't get into useless chatter. But when the doors of knowledge are open, it's infinity that pours. And what is the medium but the word and speech in human tongue? Of course, silence. Through silence also you act. Both. They complement each other. They don't, they are not contradictory. Like some people feel nivrati and pravrti contradict each other. Nivrati is the basis on which pravrti can touch the divine pravrti, you know, in creation. So same way, silence and speech are not opposites. They complement each other. The highest speech emerges from the depths of the inner silence. And that's what this poem is. Silence is all. It's a beautiful poem which comes in four little steps. Silence is all, say the sages. Silence watches the work of the ages. You can actually feel, if you look at the stars, after a while, you enter into that state of silence. In the book of silence, the cosmic scribe has written his cosmic pages. Silence is all, say the sages. That once you enter into the silence, nothing more is needed. The next part. What then of the word, O speaker? What then of the thought, O thinker, what is it then? Look at the expression. Thought is the wine of the soul and the word is the beaker. 
that ananda so if you want to distinguish between spiritual teaching spiritual writing spiritual speech it carries an inspirational value and a rapturous value it's not like weaving all kinds of cobwebs here and trying to clear some more cobwebs so it's not about that it's about bringing or releasing the ananda in the mind the thrill of knowledge it's not like that knowledge will have words it's not like you can reproduce but something which has opened the gates and when that gates open they open with the sound of infinity and bliss because the bliss pours so what is the word what is the thought it thought is the wine of the soul it should be i mean he is speaking of the higher thought and the word is the beaker life is the banquet table as the soul of the sage is the drinker so he is drinking as the thought is pouring here thought is not just human thought thought is before thought there is the vibration this vibration starts clothing itself in subtle subtlest of thoughts and then it becomes more and more gross then it takes the form of outer human speech the four levels of walk paravak pashanti walk vaikhari madhyama and vaikhari so the first two are concealed in the upper sphere and they clothe themselves in subtlest of thoughts and then it comes down and the sage drinks that thought all all is god and then he he drinks and his life is the banquet table all around it must realize itself what of the wine oh mortal where do you get it pondicherry is famous for two things <laughs> see everybody knows wine and divine actually the people who drink wine outside they don't know what wine divine gives when we used to read all these books in delhi we used to go to center we were four five of us five six of us and we would read and people would ask even my air force people where do you go every evening uh, what to say you are full of that joy are we go to take some nice wine what we have so much in our own you know air force you get all cheap wine and cheap means very good wine at a much cheaper rate why do no no with friends i need to drink acha hum log mein se koi dost nahi hai i said nahi ye wala nahi milta hai how can you explain what delight there is in reading shorbindo you can't explain you have to read it i am drunk with the wine as i sit at wisdom's portal as you sit near god you will get the wine why because all around he is radiating that bliss he is anandmay you will grow in that ananda and that wine will come to you it's a inevitable natural process the fact that we are drawing near to god is the growth of peace and ananda rather than becoming very serious and ye bachcha kyon garbad kar raha hai why you are doing this why your hand is here why your leg is there what kind of t-shirt you are wearing all this goes away because when you truly come near god it's it amazing vastness it's amazing delight in which one begins to live it it's natural you don't seek it it's his company just being around him so i am drunk with the wine as i sit at wisdom's portal waiting for the light beyond thought and the word immortal that light comes and clothes itself in our intelligence as word and then speech long i sit in vain at wisdom's portal for a long time i am sitting waiting for something 
How will you know when the word will come? Four. How shall thou know the word when it comes, O seeker? How will you know it? So many things come and happen. How shall thou know the light when it breaks, O witness? I shall hear the voice of the God within me. Oh, what does it mean? God will tell you to do this, do that. No. The sign that you are hearing God's voice, then he says. I shall hear the voice of the God within me and grow wiser and meeker. Sign of wisdom is you become humble. Because you discover it is infinite. That's how the Upanishad puts it. That he who has the thought of it, has it not. The moment you think I know it, you don't know it. So you become humble and wiser. I shall be the tree that takes in the light as its food. So that light will become the food. And I can tell you it's practical experience. Try doing it. If you are very hungry. And you just or any, any such state. Pick up Sherwinder's book. Starts reading. If your hunger goes away. After some time you are enjoying. You don't know. Time vanishes. Hunger and thirst go into the background. Then you know that yes. Now the doors have opened. I shall be the tree that takes in the light as its food. So tree, what does it do? It takes the light and creates photosynthesis. That's how it's filled with colors. Of course, for the body, it draws from the mud. But for its life, it draws from the sky. So such is our life. For the body, we take this food. But for our life, we draw it from that light. We'll begin to draw that sustenance. I shall drink its nectar of sweetness. So your life, your heart... All will become full of that sweetness of the Lord. Sweetness of the Lord's wine will flow into the blood and veins. This is what Shubhinda has brought to us. All that we need is to go to the portal. Prize of the wine. Openness. It's free of cost. What is needed? Drink a passage or two every day and take the joy and the ras hereafter.